Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa. I'm your host, and in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about diet breaks, who they are for, and whose progress they might be hurting. Before we get into it, though, welcome back if you are a returning listener. And if you're new to the show, do me a favor and subscribe and share this episode on your social media if you enjoy it. It is the best way to help me grow the show. So diet breaks, what am I referring to? I'm literally just referring to periods of time, time where you're not in a calorie deficit, where you are consuming as many or more calories as what your body is burning. Of course, this can be in a very structured way, as we prefer it in nutrition coaching and as we find it to be most helpful, or in an unstructured way. This used to be super popular in the sense of cheat meals, cheat days, or literally just saying, I need some time off of tracking and I'm just going to eat whatever I feel like doing. Most of the time, that would put you in a calorie maintenance or surplus rather than a calorie deficit. Traditionally, though, when we talk about diet breaks, there are several ways to go about them. So let's assume you are in a weight loss phase. You generally have your calorie prescription for the majority of time, but sometimes your coach might say, okay, I'm giving you one quote unquote refeed day. So a higher calorie day per week, or it could be two, or you might reassess on a weekly, monthly, whatever basis and say, okay, we are going to take a longer diet break every, let's say, 8 to 12 weeks or going about it in a different way altogether, which could be referred to as the matador style, where we have something like two weeks in a deficit, two weeks at maintenance, two weeks in a deficit, or it might be four weeks in a deficit, two weeks at maintenance. So as you can see, there are very, um, there are many ways to go about, go about this. Most of the time when you are working with a coach, they will just put you at calorie maintenance throughout this time in order to make sure you're not actually gaining any weight back through, throughout this time. Sometimes, especially if um, your biofeedback hints into that direction, let's just say you are very tired, you're not recovering as well, you might be experiencing some other biofeedback symptoms like being cranky or anxious, etc. Then your coach might say, okay, we're actually going to go into a small surplus for a little while to get you feeling better. Why would we want to do that in the first place? I mean, logically, you're probably going to jump to the conclusion that it's just something to look forward to. Therefore, it helps with adherence, which is the most important thing when it comes to a weight loss journey. Maybe you have felt that before or you've you've experienced that before where you were doing so well, but you were probably restricting a bit too much, thinking you could push through it, you could push longer, and then it kind of swung the other way. And it resulted in, 
I don't want to say a binge, but something where you felt more or less out of control and you just ate more than you really wanted to and felt a bit guilty about it. So we really want to avoid that. On top of that, of course, we have to consider that we're not machines. We want to live our lives as well. And especially if it's a longer weight loss phase, we need to be considering that there are things like birthdays, like holidays, you might want to go on vacation. You know, if you have 100 pounds to lose, we're not going to say lock yourself into your apartment and eat the same exact thing for the next however long it takes. No, in most cases, we do want to go about it in a more sustainable way. I will say that if you only have very little to, lo to lose or if you have particular deadlines, the importance of refeed days kind of becomes smaller. Let's just say if you only plan to do a calorie deficit for six to eight weeks or so, then chances are we're not going to be including refeed days. Again, if you have more to lose and also if a healthy relationship with food is one of the most important things to you and you have struggled with all or nothing thinking etc in the past then for that sole purpose we might want to include refeed days as well to reiterate that it is okay to fit in your pizza and a glass of wine from from time to time without you feeling guilty about it etc we actually spoke about something related to this in our weekly research and connection group, The Rise, this week or last week, actually. We spoke about metabolic adaptations to weight loss. So while that is not directly related to using diet breaks, um, there was an article or a part of the article that we looked at and that pertains to this. So we're using um, many research reviews from a research re review called Mass. Uh, I can highly recommend that. There are numerous research reviews out there, there but I'm a big fan of this one. And so we're using this for a lot of our content in the rise. And what uh, this research review included was basically a study that did two weeks in a calorie deficit and two weeks off of a calorie deficit versus another group that simply just stayed in a calorie deficit. And what the result of this study was when they looked at metabolic adaptation, meaning your metabolism down-regulating, slowing down a little bit throughout this dieting period, it showed that the group that included the diet breaks that went about it in a quote-unquote matador style, so two on, two off, had a lot less metabolic adaptations and slightly higher fat mass loss than the other group. Now, this sounds absolutely amazing when you, when you hear it first up, but we need to consider that that also extended or doubled actually the duration of the entire process. So it's not to say that, you know, they did 16 weeks, both groups and one the one group was only in a calorie deficit for eight weeks and eight weeks in a maintenance phase no 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 it meant that the one group took twice as long than the other but had less metabolic adaptation at the end of it so this could also be one reason why you may want to include refeed periods or diet breaks um i personally have to say when i saw this study I, from a practical application perspective, 
I would probably not do that with very many clients, if any, to on to off, simply because most people take a little while to get into the swing of the dieting feel and thoughts, probably at least two, three days, and their body takes a little while to respond. So, you know, being in a calorie deficit for two weeks and then being pulled out it means a lot of change here and there. And at the same time, after two weeks, you're very unlikely already feeling any kind of negative effects. Not that we need to wait until that point in time, but just saying, why not keep going with the general motion with that um, while you're on a roll instead of pulling you in and out. So from a practical application, I don't know how relevant this is. It might have been that the participants here were very experienced dieters, such as um, bodybuilders, etc. I have to admit, I don't remember, but I will include the link to the study in the show notes as well. So what I wanted to demonstrate with this little point here is that in many aspects in nutrition, there are often no right or wrongs, there are just trade-offs. So the trade-off here would be that there is less metabolic adaptation, yes, but it takes twice as long. So you need to consider what kind of person are you? Would you rather go in and out quickly not necessarily, you know, a crash diet, that's not what I'm referring to, but saying, right, I'm going to get this over and done with, I have this period of time where I'm not traveling anywhere, where I don't have too many distractions, I'm just going to be super focused, eating out minimally, etc. And be happy with that, and then go through my reverse diet. Or am I the person that, no, I know that I'm going to want to have my two meals out per week at least. I want to be social on the weekends. I don't like steep calorie deficits. I will, I would rather that it takes a little bit longer or I would rather have um, regularly something to look forward to, etc. So really consider who you are. And if you are a coach, really try to get to know your client a little bit better and see um, what could work best for them from an adherence perspective. What I have seen a lot of success with with clients or even just talking to people, they usually say one to two slightly higher calorie days per week would be amazing. So I want to emphasize that in our coaching practice, we don't really give days off during a dieting phase unless it really calls for that, but that hardly ever is the case. Sometimes people will ask for it because that's what they have historic, historically done, like a cheat day or an untracked day or whatever. I just want to say that it is so easy to go way above your calories or to go way above your maintenance when you're not paying attention at all. So also, again, coming to the point of... Um, pulling yourself out of a rhythm. For me, it has a lot to do with momentum and rhythm as well. So when you implement those one or two days where you're not tracking at all, you're like, oh, this feels so good. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> and then getting back into it, it's so much easier to stay with it for most people, even if on one or two days per week on your refeed days, you are just loosely tracking or you might just be eyeballing or if it's warranted maybe having an untracked meal. Let's just say you're going to a wedding or you're going somewhere with a buffet where it's really, really difficult to just um, accurately or to, to, to track in general and it's really adding a lot more mental stress to you. Then I often recommend simply leaving a good food buffer for your, your dinner. So let's just say you know you want to go out 
to a buffet and you want to have a big main plate and you want to share a dessert and one alcoholic drink, then I would say, okay, let's just roughly estimate um, that you need to leave a 1,200 calorie buffer for this meal. You don't need to worry about tracking at the time, but stick with these rough guidelines, etc. So that could be a, a way to go about it. Again, I personally am not a fan, especially during a dieting phase of complete days off. I just know how easy it would be to completely, don't want to say ruin, but to negate or offset the very hard work you have done for the other time during during the week. In those cases, I would rather say, hey, just, you know, maybe you need to refocus and just really say these next six weeks, can you make that sacrifice? Or maybe we need to reevaluate your calorie deficit throughout the week or just the relationship with food. Maybe you're being too strict throughout the week so that you're not including any fun foods whatsoever. Anyway, this is just an from an adherence perspective. But unfortunately, the research also clearly demonstrates that one refeed day per week is not necessarily having any effects on metabolic offsettings or adaptation. So unlike what that study pri previously has demonstrated with the two weeks on, two weeks off, one day simply isn't enough to send that message to your metabolism. Two days might be a little bit different. However, um, I personally am still a fan of them. And I would say just from how it feels as well or how people perform after having a day like that in the gym and sleeping and so on, that even though it doesn't technically show to be affecting metabolism in a positive way, so it's not like a real boost and afterwards you burn a gazillion calories just because you had this one day at maintenance, no, but um, still you're going on that one day, I'm convinced that you're still going to feel like you have more energy. So in your training, you might be pushing it a little bit harder, or you might be recovering a little bit better. You might be sleeping a little bit better and therefore uh, affecting your metabolism in a positive way the following day. Or you might simply feel like you are, you know, you fidget more, you have a little bit more, um, need more of that non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that would be an indirect way to affect your metabolism in a positive way, in my opinion, just from what I have seen and felt myself when I have had those days of higher calories. So again, I would say that in a slightly longer or more sustainable weight loss phase that probably at least two thirds of our client, our clients are going to be in the, the fewer of them have specific deadlines, fewer of them only want to lose five pounds or so. So for those two thirds, um, generally speaking, one or two refeed days work really well. I personally like putting those on the weekends. I have heard other nutrition coaches say that they don't like to put them on the weekends because some of their clients like to go overboard if they have that higher permission. Um, but I just think from a practical standpoint, most people tend to have those invitations, uh, like social in, in, invitations, etc., 
on the weekends and just want to have a little bit more room to play when it comes to calories on the weekend. So again, adherence is everything. Just know yourself or know your client. Um, and especially when you have a bit more to lose, don't be afraid to implement them. Sometimes when starting off with, it might be good to hold off on those refeed days or on any kind of diet break for a, a little while, maybe four, six, or even eight weeks, just to kickstart things and make that message to your metabolism clearer. I do think um, that's what I was referring to earlier also with the two on, two off. Sometimes our body needs some time to adjust and doesn't really know what's going on. That's why in many people, I'm not a huge fan of calorie actual calorie cycling or so, or too frequent calorie cycling because one day your body receives the message, okay, there's a food shortage. The next day your body receives the message, there's plenty of food. So what is it going to do? Is it going to, when there's plenty of food around, is it going to store that in case there is a food shortage coming as well? Or during the food shortage, does it think, oh, I've still got, I, I'm going to, I have body fat that I want to burn or oh no, I'm just going to downregulate a little bit and not waste as much energy, you know? So I, from experience speaking, have seen that oftentimes it takes some time for the body to respond, to receive that message. And then it's like, all right, we're in a weight loss phase. I'm meant to be dropping weight. That's what I'm going to do. That's why consistency is so, so, so important. And when people have too many undulating calorie days where you know one day is super low the next day is really high the next day is medium and then super low again it's just super confusing and then also from a mental perspective if you're the person and you track your weight on occasion or even regularly you're going to have huge fluctuations even just from water retention of those higher calorie days or more fiber on those higher calorie days. Um, and then, yeah, again, like maybe poor recovery or sleep on the low calorie days, etc. So that might be messing with your mind when you have huge three, four pound fluctuations um, throughout the week, as opposed to just sending your body a really clear message. This is what your calories are right now. This is what you're allowed. Deal with it. And now let's see how you're how you're responding if we need to adjust something in the following week or not also of course from a coach's perspective <laughs> it makes things so much easier um if i see something i don't not necessarily linear because weight loss or body weight never is completely linear but if i see you're sticking around about the same calories most of the time let's say you know plus minus 50 80 calories I have a much easier time deciding whether we need to adjust something um, depending on how your body responds or not. If you're up and down, up and down, up and down, the most I can say really is let's lean on consistency <laughs> to see what your body actually does with this calorie prescription, right? It would be like someone giving you a training program and you're following that one day, the next day you're doing something completely different and then the third day you're picking your favorite exercises and the fifth day you know you're you might be picking your least favorite ones but you do a completely different rep scheme and then you're not seeing the results that you want and you're like oh this training program isn't working do we need to change anything your coach is probably going to be like um you actually didn't do my program so i don't know if we need to change something right it's basically the same here so once again, also from experience speaking, people that have 
little to lose or sometimes also people that have dieted a lot in the past uh, maybe yo-yo dieted a lot as well their body oftentimes not always saying and 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 I don't have any particular evidence to back this up but oftentimes um, from my experience their bodies need a very very clear message and they deal better with a straight deficit oftentimes a little bit strict in the beginning just to get things moving so maybe six eight weeks without a diet break or four weeks kind of aggressively and then a diet break that kind of thing to to avoid conflicting messages like i was saying earlier also we definitely want to um, monitor biofeedback consistently so like your sleep like your performance like how cranky are you how motivated are you any other irritabilities, any other hormonal issues that might have come up because diet breaks at least um, every now and then, if if they help with metabolic adaptation, they're also going to be helping uh, offsetting any hormonal adaptation. So, you know, this could be something to consider for people that are like, I really, 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 really want to make sure I'm not losing my cycle, etc. So do monitor your biofeedback. And once again, also just the encouragement to lean into structured refeed days as annoying or strict or stuck up as they sound. And as much as we do want to encourage a sustainable weight, sustainable weight loss overall, remember you are in a weight loss phase. So if you are able to be structured throughout it all, including the reverse diet afterwards, chances are it's going to be quicker. Chances are you are basically um, or definitely able to keep any fat gain and a longer diet break at minimum if 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 at all any fat gain. So when people say it's in the middle of a dieting phase, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm not going to track it all and it's all inclusive. I'm like, no, the very, very few people can do that very well without tracking as much of a as much as we like to completely let loose and I have touched on this in my episode in regards to holiday preparation I think in a weight loss phase it's still very important to um, be structured in some way shape or form and just appreciate that you can have more throughout a dieting break as opposed to having that negative self-talk and saying oh why can't I just not track at all why can't I do this and that and just be happy hey cool I've got more macros to play with I can fit in a little bit of alcohol here and there I can fit in some fattier meats and so on so another point though why people may not want to consider or may not want to include actual diet breaks so more in the sense of like a week or even two is because sometimes it can actually derail us a little bit and decrease motivation so going back to that momentum point I have unfortunately seen that over and over again when people are like okay we're gonna take a dieting break now um in order to offset metabolic adaptation or because they want to and so on um but we only have maybe another four or six weeks to go afterwards and they have that one week and they and their body of course enjoys having that extra food so much that it's 
very difficult to get back into that drive because they're so close to their goal. So almost subconsciously, they're thinking, oh, this is good enough. And they don't have that initial drive anymore. So in those instances, sometimes it can be better just to push through. But once again, know yourself and don't let it get to a point where you're trying to push through so hard that eventually you're breaking and then binging or whatever. So yes, very, 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 very fine line to walk. And um, I wish that there was some clear guidelines for everybody, but everybody is going to be very different here. <laughs> Um, and yeah, again, especially in like a whole week off or a whole week of a diet break, definitely, definitely still recommended to track, even if it is estimated, eyeballed, or with calorie buffers for certain meals. Just remember that in a weight loss phase or just after your weight loss phase, your body wants you to gain weight back. So if you are relying on intuitive cues, your body is going to send you the cues to gain that weight back. You don't want to undo all that hard work that you have done before, um, especially in social settings with alcohol and highly palatable foods. Your social cues or your, your food cues, your intuitive eating cues are going to be completely off. And I hope I'm not coming through as a complete stuck-up person that cannot have fun or doesn't want to have fun and is just super, super strict. This is just what experience of myself for myself and numerous, numerous clients and um, also the other coaches, Tammy and Laura's clients, have taught us that during this time, really, your body is super sensitive. And I can recommend a book called Fat Loss Forever by Dr. Lane Norton, where they go even more into detail about this. And he also has another book, I believe, which is called The Complete Reverse Dieting Guide, where um, he also reiterates that during this, well, in, in a weight loss phase, but also particularly after, your body is just so inclined to want to put that weight, weight back on. So please still be diligent then. Once you do get back to your maintenance or to your new maintenance, that is when we can slowly lose the reins a little bit. <laughs> I hope this was helpful. Uh, as I said, I will be linking that study I was referring to with the Matador style of dieting to on to off, um, which showed uh, less metabolic adaptation. We'll be linking that in the show notes. If you have any other question regarding diet breaks, please send me a message on, um, you know, via email, Instagram, however you like. I always like hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at nutrition, coaching and life or head to our website, www nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.